for all those who feel called to build something bigger than themselves, but have no idea or representation as to how to bring it to pass. This podcast is for you. Let's figure it out together. Get ready. Let's build. Four, three, two, one. Everything that you've been through up until this point has helped you create your why. And when you have a strong why, nothing will stop you. What's happening, y'all? Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad to be hanging with you once again. I just have one thing to say. <clears throat> Christmas time is here. We'll be drawing near. <laughs> okay, I'm not about to do that. The whole intro to this podcast. Did it? Do you know that song? That is like one of my favorite Christmas songs ever from Charlie Brown. It is like so enchanting and so wonderful and silver bells and all that stuff. Like, y'all, why is it Christmas already? Um, is my thought. This is wild that we're here already, but I think it's amazing that we have survived this year. It has been absolutely wild, but here we are, and I'm so glad that you're still rocking with us here on the podcast. We want to release another episode as we're in this holiday season. First of all, I hope that in the midst of the changes, in the midst of the grief, in the midst of everything going on, in the midst of how wild life is, I hope that you're still finding love. I hope that you're still finding joy. I hope that you're still finding peace, and I hope that you're still finding the light amidst all the darkness. We've been through a lot this year, y'all. And before we turn our focus fully to the holidays, which we will do, and, and maybe you're already doing, maybe you've been out looking at trees and lights or just finding your own way to either um, adjust old traditions or find new ones. But we're also in a period of reflection. So I want to spend these last few episodes of this year sort of reflecting. And that's why I wanted to share this sermon with you. This sermon is called Still Standing, The Miracle of Stability. <laughs> Listen, I don't know about you, but to be still standing is not like a small thing after this year. It is absolutely revolutionary. Uh, so I want you to take courage in that, that if you're still standing, that deserves to be celebrated. Even if just barely, even if you're standing with not a whole lot of strength in one leg, look, I just want you to know that like, that is a miracle and that deserves to be celebrated. So I preached a message about it. What is stability and is it possible to have it? Like what is it and how do I know that I have it? And, uh, yo, it came from my heart as I reflected on this year and how I'm just glad to be still standing, y'all. And so I hope that it blesses you. That's what we're going to talk about, the miracle of stability. How can you make sure that even when you have hard times, those hard times don't have you? This will be the last sermon of the year that I'm going to share, and then we'll get into one more episode to just have a conversation to reflect, y'all. So let's get into this word. I'm still standing.
Go to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7. All right. Here we go. Verse 24. It says this. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. Just type in the comment, say on a rock, on a rock. Verse 26, and everyone that hears what I says and doesn't do them, he'll be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. If you will do me a a huge favor, I just want you to type in the comments a testimony and just say it's a miracle that I'm still standing. That's what I want to preach about today. It's a miracle that I'm still standing. I want to talk about the miracle of stability, the miracle of stability, the miracle of stability. I t- Today, I'm, I'm not praising God over houses and land. Today, I'm not praising God uh, over the things that I might get in the future. Today, I'm not praising God over a position that I might get. Today's praise is not future oriented. Today uh, is not about the things that could come. Today, I'm not thanking God for a record deal or a contract. I'm not thanking God for a check in the mail. I'm not thanking God for anything else but the fact that I'm still standing. And, And that doesn't mean anything because you haven't quite calculated what I've been through. But if you knew the things that I've seen, if you knew the storms that I've been in, if you knew the things that I've had to surmise, if you knew the things that I've had to navigate my way through you would understand that it is not casual the fact that I'm still here the very fact that I woke up this morning is a miracle I know that there are people who take it for granted that they woke up because that just happens for you naturally but the fact that I'm here and my house is still intact the fact that I'm here and my mind is still intact the fact that I'm here and my resolve is still intact is an absolute miracle and what I'm about to do is I'm about to shift my perspective at the end of 2020 that the miracle is that even though I didn't get to the destination of everything that I had desired, the fact that I look through and I see the storm and the damage that the storm has caused around me, but still look within me and see some sense of stability, that is a miracle. Just type it in the comments. It is a miracle that I'm still stable. It is a miracle that I'm still present. It is a miracle that I'm still centered. It is an absolute miracle that despite the storm, it has continued to pass, and yet I maintain my composure. I want to have a conversation with you. Let's zoom in just a little bit. I want to have a conversation with you today because I want to talk to people who in these last few days and weeks, the enemy has challenged you because he said, you thought this year was going to be this. This year is not this. So now what do you have to thank God for? I want to preach to those who feel underaccomplished, who feel underseen, who feel undervalued, who feel like I'm struggling because I'm looking at the distance between where I am and where I thought I would be. And it's making me feel like I have nothing to thank God for. But when I turn to Matthew chapter 7, it helps me understand that sometimes it's not the house that you praise God for. It is the foundation that the house sits on that you praise God for. Let me say that again. Sometimes it's not the house that I'm grateful for. Sometimes it's not my marriage that I'm grateful for. Sometimes it's not my job that I'm grateful for. Sometimes it's not my to-do list that I'm grateful for. I'm grateful that in the midst of that, there's something under me that I attribute my success to. When I look back at this year, I realize that I'm not still here because I made solid decisions. I'm not still here because I didn't always choose right. There were some times where I chose to self-medicate with some things. There were some times where I chose to give myself over to some things. There were some times when I decided to look the other way but I'm still here as this year approaches the end not because of how well my house looks but because of what I'm built on just type that in the comments it's what I'm built on it's it's what I'm built on I can't even really take credit for how I am where I am I can't even take credit for the things that have happened this year what I've understood is that I'm still present because of what I'm built on it's what I'm built on it's what I'm it's what I'm built on 
It's what I'm built on. It's what I'm built on. Can I share with you this morning that Jesus did not just come for your salvation. Jesus came for your stability. Let me say that again. Jesus did not just come to save you. An aspect of the salvation was the power of Jesus to make you stable. Let me say it again. Jesus didn't come just to make me scream and dance and holler and secure me into heaven. Jesus came to provide me a foundation upon which I could build myself so that I could be stable. And the miracle is when you look and say, stability is something to show for this year. The fact that I have survived what I've survived and have come out on the other end of it stable, deserves to be celebrated. Jesus says that the fruit of you applying what I've said is not that your career will take off. It's not that you'll find somebody perfect. Those are great things. It, it is not that you will never have a problem. The fruit of your obedience to me is, is not really that, that people will know your name and that things will go great. That's cool. But the true measure of my relationship with you, the true promise to be fulfilled of our time together is that you will find a stability that you could not create for yourself. I'm here to celebrate the fact that after this year, Jesus came not just to save me, but came to give me stability. That, that's what I praise God for because, because I'm stable. Lost some stuff, but I'm stable. Life changed, but I'm stable. I don't have the destinations of my life figured out, but, but I'm stable. I, I don't really know what's going to happen next, but I'm stable. I sometimes still fear what might come next but I'm stable. I don't know what route I'll choose next because I'm in the midst of a decision, but I'm stable. I'm stable because it's what I was built on. And someone listening to me right now says, Princeton, I want to relate, but I can't. I want to relate, and I want to celebrate that after this year, I'm stable, but I don't feel stable. I want to get there. I want to celebrate that Jesus came to give me stability. I, I want to celebrate the fact that, that in building my life upon Christ and the love of God and the principles of God, that I would have stability. But I can't seem to identify in my life where the stability is that you have promised. And it is because we have allowed life to define stability not the word of God. Stability does not mean that your life moves in a straight line. Let me say it again. Stability does not mean that your life is in a straight line. Stability does not mean that, whoa, here it is, that every aspect of your life aligns perfectly so that your story makes sense. Godly. For many of us, we think my story is only as stable as it makes sense. For many of us, the reason why you say, hey, I want to relate to this sermon, but it already seems unrelatable is because your definition of stability is that my life is stable when it makes sense. So my life is stable when I'm married by this age. My life is stable when I've made these decisions, not these ones. My life is stable when I don't go through any cycles. My life is stable. Watch this. And here's the thing. You think that your life is stable with the absence of storm. But the text says that stability is not defined by the absence of storms. Can I say that again? We, we think that my life is stable when it doesn't have storms. That my life is stable when there's nothing going on. Have you ever felt like, Lord, can I just get a break for a minute? Can I, can I just get a break without something happening? Can I just, and what we really think is stability is just the absence of conflict. But Jesus said the measure of stability is not the absence of storms. The measure of stability is the presence of a foundation. The measurement of how stable you are is not whether or not your life is without conflict. Can I help you? All of our lives have mess. And if we only define stability by whose life wasn't messy, then none of us would be stable. 
But Jesus said the way I define stability is not whose life doesn't have storms, but whose life maintains a foundation through storms. So the fact that I'm still here doesn't mean that my windows haven't been beat up. It doesn't mean that some storms haven't hit my life. It doesn't mean that I haven't gone through some cycles. In fact, storms, check. Cycles, check. Dumb decisions, check. Lost my job, check. Some people left my life, check. But none of that stuff defines my stability. What defines my stability is that in the midst of all that, you know what I didn't lose? I did not lose my center. I did not lose my foundation. I did not lose my way back to God. And as long as I didn't lose my way back to God, I never lost my way back back to myself as long as I can still orient myself back to the thing that I was built on that I will always find a way to get back to me somebody type in the comments I didn't lose my way I didn't lose my way some storms happened but I didn't lose my way I almost gave up but I didn't lose my way people called me out of my name but I didn't lose my way I'm ashamed of some of the stuff I did but I didn't lose my way and as long as I knew how to get back to the thing that I was built upon not only could I find my way back to God but I could find my way back to myself and Jesus says, when you follow me, the promise is not that you won't have storms, but the promise is that you will always be able to find a way back to the place where you're centered. This year has thrown me. This year has thrown me. I wish that some stuff didn't happen this year. And I wish I could explain it all, but I can't. I can't explain coronavirus. I can't explain why it takes a black man being killed on camera for us to all of a sudden realize that a change needs to be made. I, I can't explain it. I can't explain why so many people had to die. I can't explain it. I can't explain why God seemed to be taking good people. I, I can't explain it. I, I can't explain why the economy is what it is. I can't explain why one day you can have a job and the next day you can't. I can't explain any of that. And I won't try to, but what I will remind you is that no matter what happens around you there's something on the inside of you that is making you stable there's something on the inside of you that is keeping you present and Jesus says my promise to you is that if you hear me out I'm gonna let you build something that makes sure that you are not at the mercy of your environment Jesus says if you follow me I'll make sure that you build something that is not at the mercy of your choices, that is not at the mercy of your environment, that is not at the mercy of your relationship status, that is not at the mercy of the places you go, that is not at the mercy of the economy. But if you follow me, I will help you build something that can stand in and then withstand the environment around it. He says, if you hear me and obey me, the fruit of that is stability. The fruit of that is your ability to always navigate yourself back to God. The fruit of it is the ability to always navigate your way back to yourself. And no matter how the wind comes and circulates the house that you're trying to build, the relationship that you're trying to build, the community that you're trying to build, the heart that you're trying to build, it might come around it, but it will not destroy what's in it because of what you're built on. He says, if, if you hear me, and do what I say. It's an important combination because there will be some who hear but don't do. And there will, some that will, there will be some that will do things they've never heard from God. Some people hear God and never choose God. And some people, they do a lot. They're always building something, but they're not building according to the right blueprint. That they're not building according to God's recommendation. And so Jesus says the combination is you must hear and do. Here's why. Because the beginning of stability is when I see the word of God, hear me, as safety, not slavery. Write that in your notes. Part of maturing is that I will hear the word of God and see it as safety, not slavery. Anything I do because I'm mad that God is making me do it. Because I'm like, man, I just, I just, watch this. Mm. Here it is. Anything I do simply because I have to will not be easily sustained. The reason why our obedience swings like this is because God is on the list of things I have to do to please God, to be a good person, instead of God being on the list of things that I want to do because it keeps me safe. You pray different. When your prayer time is not about trying to appease God, but trying to receive what God has ensured through prayer. 
You, you pray different. When I feel like I didn't pray today, I'm a horrible person. That does not produce the desire or the impetus to pray. But when I see prayer as being essential to my well-being, when I wake up in the morning and say, hey, listen, I'm not praying because I'm going to feel bad if I don't. I'm praying because I see this as being central to how I live. My question to you is, what do you see as essential? What do you see as possessing the power to stabilize you? I'll give you a great example. I am a coffee drinker. I believe in coffee. I believe in strong coffee. I believe that it ain't right or I ain't enough until I'm jittering. I know, I know, I know some of y'all be like, bless the preacher's art. He be getting high on the espresso beans. I just believe that I want the glory of God to come in that I, I want it strong. I want it to be so strong that it'll put hair on your chest the length of Samson. I just, I, I want, and, and you know what? Give me extra espresso. Give me the largest one you got because I got to have it in so much that there have been days where I was late to where I needed to go because I said, listen, I would rather be late and a nice person because of coffee than to be on time, but you get quiet, Princeton, because I ain't woke up yet. I need just about three witnesses in the comments. The rest of y'all is judging me. I need to drink some water. No, listen, if you value my personality, you want me to have some coffee in me. Uh, but, but what happens when Princeton understands that I can do more on 12 minutes of prayer than I can on 12 cups of coffee? What happens when I value my interaction with God as essential for the protection of who I am? It makes me react different. So Jesus says, listen, if all you do is hear me, but don't see this as being essential to your quality of life, you'll never stay the course. Whew, there it is. Put that in the comments. Just say, God, you're essential. This, this comes first. I have to do this. I have to do this. And it's not because I feel bad. It's not on this to do this. No, 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 no. Listen, you don't want me. When I haven't read the word, if who there it is, if I have not engaged in God, who is my pleasure, then I'll be at the mercy of whatever happens today. When you do not have God as a foundation, the events determine whether or not it was a good day. But when you have God as a foundation, God determines whether or not it was a good day. Jesus says, listen, what I need you to do is I need you to prioritize the fact that what I'm telling you is not for slavery. It's for safety. Why? Write this in your notes. There is freedom where there's foundation. There's freedom where there is foundation. Okay. Hear me clearly. If whatever I'm building has no foundation, then it is always at risk. It's always at risk. But when I have a foundation, there's freedom in that because there are certain things I don't have to worry about. Because I know that at the end of the day, here's what I'm coming back to. At the bottom line, this is what it is. At the end of the day, here's how I'm shaping this up. At the end of the day, these are my core values. At the end of the day, here's what I know about God. At the end of the day, this is what matters to me. Companies that don't have core values, companies that don't know who they are, they're always going to be at the mercy of the latest trend. And as soon as something else happens that causes them to rethink their company identity, they're going to fall because, whoa, oh my goodness. Foundation lets you reinvent without fear. That's a part of the freedom of foundation. Did you hear what I just said? Foundation lets you reinvent without fear. Some of us never grow because we are always saying, I'm afraid of who I might become. I'm afraid of what might happen to me if I say yes to that. I'm, I'm afraid of what might happen if I go forward. I'm afraid of what might happen. And Jesus is reminding us, if you know your foundation, then why are you afraid of rebuilding? Why are you afraid of remodeling? Why are you afraid of change if I told you that no storm can really rock you? Because, well, there it is. When your foundation is secure, the walls can be whatever color the walls need to be for that season. Because it's not a threat. It 
does not compromise the basis of what this house was built on. And Jesus says part of your anxiety is because your faith is in the house, not what it's built on. He says foundation gives you freedom. I, I don't know what, what's, what's going to happen to us if, if you lose his job. What's going to happen to us if you don't do this? What's going to happen to us if we downsize? What's going to happen? What, what's going to happen to us if you can't preach anymore? What's, what's going to happen to us if, if, the, if we can't go in the building? Are we still going to be a church? Are we going to be okay? If we can't get to the building and people can't come in, are they going to stop giving? Will we lose everything? What, what's going to happen? And Jesus says, wait, 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 wait. That reveals to me that you forgot what you were built on. I'm running out of time. If the church is built on Christ, then that means that we can remodel how church is done and still be the church. I said, if the church is built on Christ, then that means whether in person, internet, or in a park somewhere, the church can still be the church as long as my salvation is secure. Somebody say, I'm going to rebuild. I'm going to rebuild. I'm going to figure out what this season can hold. I'm going to figure out what needs to happen. I'm going to follow God forward. God, what color do you want the drapes in this season? How can I do this? Help me rearrange. I'm not avoiding change because I know that no matter how this develops, the core of who I am is still intact. He says, the reason why I need you to get this is because there's freedom in foundation. I don't always trust where I'm headed, but I trust what I'm built on. I don't always trust my own choices, but, but I, tr- <laughs> I trust what I'm built on more than I trust Princeton. I trust what I'm built on more than I trust Princeton's giftedness, more than I trust my ability to make decisions, more than I trust the people around me. I trust what I'm built on, and someone's listening to me right now, and you're convinced that your foundation is what life gave you. And this isn't encouraging because you said, I don't have a good foundation. You know what foundation was given to me? It was addiction. You know the foundation that was given to me? It was parents who were either absent or they were present but not emotionally available. You know what foundation was given to me? I didn't grow up like you, Princeton. I didn't grow up in a house where they were quoting scriptures every day and I could grow up with that. I'm having to build this thing by myself. And you're discouraged because you said, listen, I'm not encouraged because the foundation that life gave me doesn't feel that stable. So as I'm rebuilding the house, I'm also realizing that the foundation is shaky. Can I tell you this? That just because it's the foundation that life gave you doesn't mean it's the foundation you have to build on. Just because it's the foundation your parents gave you or didn't give you. Just because it's the foundation that relationship gave you or took from you. Just because it's the foundation that culture gave you does not mean it's the foundation you have to build on. Jesus says you have an option of where you build. That you are not limited to build upon what was given to you. You are not limited to build upon what was available. But you have an option. That's why the Bible says, if any man or woman is in Christ, he, she, they are a new creature. You know what that means? God says, I didn't just do a work in your heart. I did a work in the entire way life had built you. I'm about to run. Jesus says, when you accept me, I start reconstructing the way life built you. To build you in a way that is more stable than the foundation you were handed. That's why God does a work in your spirit first and then moves it outward to your flesh. Because if God saved your flesh, he'd be redoing the house without doing the foundation. But the reason why God saved your spirit is because he said, if I can just make your spirit alive, then your spirit will be strong enough for me to redesign your soul, for me to redesign your habits, for me to redesign the way you talk, for me to redesign who you hang around. It started with your foundation. That's why no matter how life built you, God says you have an option on how you build. If you hear me, you can be like someone who has an option of how to build. They can build on a rock or they can build on sand. I love Luke's gospel. Can I have a few more minutes, y'all? I love the way Luke puts this. Luke tells the same story, oddly enough, a chapter apart from where Matthew tells it, right? And Luke says something that I love. I like the way Matthew paints it, but Luke says this. He says that the one who built his house on the rock He dug deep. All right. I like what Luke says because it gives me different imagery. 
When, when I think about how Matthew puts it, you know what I think? I think I see a big, massive rock, and then you put a house on top of it. But Luke gives me a little different imagery. He says, he dug deep. That the one who built on sand didn't have to go deep. But, but the one who built on rock had to go deep. God says, I love you too much to build you high without first building you deep. And what has felt like God ignoring you, what has felt like God being absent, watch this, what has felt like you perpetually making dumb mistakes is actually the process of going deep before you go high. It looks like you're just messing up. And you say, God, you can't use me because I keep doing the same dumb stuff I said I wouldn't do. So you must not be in this season. And God says, I'm absolutely in this season. I'm in this season. Jesus. Mm, here it is. I'm in this season working through grace to show you what I intend to heal in you. And sometimes the only way to show you what I intend to heal is to let you make the decision enough times for you to actually admit that that's the place where you're sick. So where that cycle is, is actually the grace of God trying to show you what God intends to heal in you before God takes you high. Ah, I used to carry shame until I remembered that God was trying to heal it. I used to be embarrassed until I remembered that God was trying to heal it. I, I used to feel like I was unqualified until I remembered that God's trying to heal me. And the beautiful thing is that when gold is being refined, I find it interesting that the closest it gets to being pure, the more the impurities rise to the top. And so the impurities rising to the top is not a sign that the gold is fake. It's a sign that the gold is the closest it's ever been to being pure so whenever all that stuff comes out of me it's not that I'm a horrible person it's not that I'm disqualified it's not that I'm messy it's that the grace of God is letting me see that there are some places where God is trying to drill down so that this stuff won't compromise the house that God is building somebody say he's digging deep he's digging deep God is digging deep he's digging deep into my attitude he's digging deep into my lust he's digging deep into my codependency he's digging deep into my daddy issues he's digging deep into my insecurities he's digging deep into my cussing habit. He's digging deep into my porn addiction. He's digging deep into the way I squander money. He's digging deep into the way that I use things that are technically legal, but I abuse them for my own emotional for my own emotional support. He's digging deep. He's digging deep for those things that I keep giving up on because I don't believe that I deserve them. He's digging deep in those places that I keep throwing away. He's digging deep on my lying self. Every time that I tell a half truth and excuse it when it's actually the lie. He's digging deep. He's digging deep on my inner ability to be disciplined he's digging deep because he wants my foundation to be pure of all the stuff that could make me give way to the store and so there's nothing wrong with you God is saying I love you too much to build you high and not build you deep he says Luke says Luke says that he dug deep he dug deep. He dug deep. Some, he, he makes you build a foundation. He makes you dig, dig deep. You, you know what foundation building looks like? It looks like having to do something you don't want to do for a long period of time. Foundation setting looks like, it looks like running drills and wondering what that got to do with what you want in life. Foundation building looks like, haha. Foundation building looks like Having to do stuff that you used to call people crazy for doing. Foundation building looks like going to therapy for the first time. Fo foundation building looks like seeing the same trait come up in you over and over and over again until you have to face it. Fo foundation building looks like crying over stuff you ain't never cried over before. Foundation building looks like crying to realize that you ain't grieved stuff you told people you were over. That's what foundation building looks like. Because Luke says it's about building deep. See, the sand says that I don't need to do anything else to build. But foundation says I actually might need to address some of this stuff before I... Luke says he, did, he, he, he dug deep. Foundation building is listening to sermons and not getting anything. What? Yeah. Foundation building looks like the first time the voices that used to always have a word for you don't have one anymore. Mm -hmm. 
Foundation building looks like calling people to pray for you doesn't work. You know why? Because it's God's gentle invitation to say, this time it's you and I. This time your understanding of the word of God and the theology will not be mouth fed to you. It will be fed through your intense pursuit of me. So the time when you no longer identify with church is oftentimes the beginning of your foundation. That's been the crazy part about 2020 is many of us realized that we built a building on sand. We built a Christianity on sand because the only time that you can get a word is if somebody else says it, but you've not opened the Bible in the last eight months. And God says, you know, you know what I love? And my time is up. You know what I love? I love people who say, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. Okay. And here's the thing. I get it. Because what they're saying is, I'm not a part of a church. I don't want to call myself Christian, but I believe there's a God. Okay, great. If that's how you feel, here's my question. When the last time you talked to God? I don't want to argue over your labels. What I want to know is, if you're spiritual, then how often do you do spiritual practices? I don't don't care about where you go to church. I want to know how often do you spend time with God to know God? If, If you detach from the organization, okay, we'll talk about that later. But how often do you do what you need to do to get to know God for yourself? And God says, in certain seasons, I've got to put you at odds with the place where you first learned me so you can learn me for yourself. That's what foundation building looks like. You, you know what foundation, look, foundation building looks like unseen sacrifice. It looks like a season where you are sacrificing things and all you want to do is be appreciated and it seems like they just go missing. Foundation building is oftentimes the first time that you do things for you. It's the first time you say maintaining weight Losing weight, gaining weight, has nothing to do with how I want people to see me. It has to do with how I want to feel and what makes sense for me. And for the first time, those sacrifices people don't clap for. And check this, for the first time, you don't need them to because it's not about them. Foundation laying looks like reading things you've always read but with different revelations. When you're growing up, lo, I am with you always just sounds like good Christian ease. When you're laying a foundation, though, lo, I am with you always brings you to tears. Because you start having to clarify what always means. The depth of that scripture in your life has to do with how many different types of always you've had. If you've only had one experience, then it doesn't mean that much. But if you, if your experience has done this and you got 23 different ways to define always, that scripture starts to mean something different than what it meant when you weren't laying a foundation. Laying a foundation is getting a burden for things you used to ignore. Watch this. Because oftentimes... God softens your heart when God wants to increase your strength. Life conditions us to be hard. It conditions us that the best way to maintain self-protection is to be unmovable, to let nothing affect you. But if I believe that that's how I have to be to survive, then I don't believe that Jesus is the rock. If Jesus is the rock, then only one of us needs to remain hard and dense all the time. If Jesus is my rock, then maybe I can maintain a gentle heart. If Jesus is the rock, maybe maybe I don't need to be closed off to the world to protect myself because Jesus, let the storm buck up against Jesus. Maintain your gentleness of heart. Be you. And when you're building a foundation, you start to get a burden for stuff that you never felt before. You, you start to cry over stuff you didn't cry before. You, you start to look at people differently. You start to have compassion for people you used to judge because God says, yep, let's, let's dig deep in that heart of yours. When you're doing a foundation, your prayer life always increases. Always. Always. Foundation building always. You can't dig deep without spending time spiritually on your knees. You can't maintain a posture 
of being up and above and unmoved and unfazed and expect to dig deep. Digging deep always brings you to your knees in prayer. Digging deep always makes you acknowledge, God, I cannot reconcile this without you. Building a foundation, your goals start to change. Building a foundation, you don't want what you used to want. Building a foundation, you'll oftentimes have a crisis where you look up and say, do I even know who I am? God is like, yeah, you do. It's just been lost under all the definitions that you took from the world about who you are and what your life should be. Watch this, last thing. Building a foundation looks like giving 110% in temporary circumstances. Have you ever been frustrated because you were giving your all to something that you just knew wasn't going to last? Have you ever known the frustration of what happens when your best work is done in places where people won't see it? Have you ever felt like your best decisions occurred in places where it will have no impact, where you're giving a thousand percent? I imagine every athlete that has given highlight real performances in basketball courts where there was no audience. Because building a foundation is where you give it your all because you give it your all. Let me take you here before I take you home. And as you do all of this, you will have to deal with the fact that while you're doing this, somebody's house is already built. And as you build deep and their house is finished because they seemingly didn't have to build as deep as you did, You will wonder if you did it right. You will wonder if God was really with you because if God was with you, wouldn't it have happened sooner? Can I help you? God is not revealed in who builds fastest. God is revealed in who builds most stable. God is not simply revealed in who builds quickest. God is revealed in who builds with stability. Watch this. And until the storm, let's go home, y'all. Both houses look the same. I said, until the storm comes, both houses look cute. And both houses look fun. And and both houses look nice. And in fact, the one on the sand oftentimes looks better because sometimes the view is better from the sand. Sometimes you you get pure people to like you on the sand. Sometimes when you have a beach house, there's more people to come around you. Sometimes you enjoy it because you built it faster. Sometimes you enjoy it and you start looking like, God, why couldn't my house look like that? God, why couldn't I do that? God, why did it take me so long? God, why did I fail so many times? And God says, listen, keep on coming, keep on coming, keep on building, keep on building. And I want you to enjoy. Oh, Rebe, come to Basaya. Yes, Lord. God says, I want you to enjoy what you've built. I have to pause there. Because too many of us, the enemy has been tormenting us because he's making us look at someone else's house and we're not enjoying the stability of our own because we're too busy looking at what was built on sand. And God says, sometimes the best way to praise me is to thank me for what I've built through you. And the more you compare it, the less time you spend in faith. Faith says, God, I trust the way you built me. Oh, my God. Can I say that again? Faith says, I trust the way you built me. Faith says, I trust my process. Faith says, I trust how my journey got me here, even though I don't like it. Even though I wish I had someone's story, God, I'll praise you for mine anyway, because I believe that you didn't mess up when you built me. You didn't mess up when you put me here. You didn't mess up when you made me dig deep. You didn't mess up when you made me go the long way. You did not mess up when you made my journey different because you made me stable. And he says that what's going to happen is the storm's going to come. Let me help you. The Bible says, here's, here's what I love. Here's what I love. Jesus uses nature analogy. Here's why. Because nature is not simply determined by the people who live in the area where the storm came. Some of us think that building right means the storm won't come. He says, no, it's nature. The storm is going to come regardless. Christians, can I deliver us from something? Can I deliver us from always trying to make sense of every storm? 
Can I free us from always trying to tell somebody, there's a reason the Lord sent you through this. Here's what's happening. You got to hold on. Can I free you from thinking that the only people who go through storms are sinners? It's not the truth. Can I free you from thinking that you can earn your way out of a storm? Can I free you from thinking that you can speak in tongues and commune and earn and abstinence your way out of a storm and church culture your way out of a storm and speak your way out of a storm? Jesus says, no, the point is the storm comes on both houses. But the hope. The hope is that 2020 happens to everybody. The hope is that everyone at some point is going to lose a loved one. The hope is that every person at some point is going to feel like they're not good enough. The hope is that every person is going to struggle with their identity. The hope is that every person will feel like they're not enough for God. The hope is that every person will at some point bury somebody. The hope is that every person will at some point make a mistake and you'll do something that you hope that nobody ever finds out about. The hope is that all of us will go back to something we should have been delivered from. The hope is that we will all, no matter how holy, no matter how gifted, no matter how strong you are, the storm will happen to both of us us and the winds are going to come and they're going to put our walls in and the rain is going to come and it's going to try to sink our roof in and the winds and the flood is going to come and it's going to try to link it to the floorboards and you're going to feel like you're going out of your mind and you're going to have anxiety and you're going to want to turn back you're going to want to say God I don't want to do this anymore you're going to feel like you're a bad mom you're going to feel like you're a horrible dad you're going to feel like you're a horrible son you're going to feel like God's not coming through for you you're going to feel like you're not qualified to do what God called you to do. You're going to feel like there's nobody who understands your pain. You're going to feel like it's never ending. You're going to feel like you can't catch a break. But can I tell you that one day the storm is going to be over. One day the storm is going to pass by. One day the storm is going to clear out. And what's going to happen is when you go to assess the damage, when you go to see how much you lost, when you go to see if you're crazy, you're going to see that I've suffered a little bit, but I'm still standing. I've suffered some pain, but I'm still standing. I've been through some heartache, but I'm still standing. I almost killed myself, but I'm still standing. I almost took myself out, but I'm still standing because one day I lifted my hands to God and I said, I will look to the hills from which cometh my help because all of my help comes from the Lord. That's why I love God because he's the God that keeps me stable. He's the God that keeps me secure. He's the God that keeps me focused. He's the God that keeps me obedient. He's the God that keeps me in line. He's the God that helps me find my way back. I know it's been hard, but you have the miracle of stability. I know it's been rough, but you are still standing. I know it's been hard, but now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you falling with the presence of his glory because the Lord is my rock on Christ the solid rock I stand and all of the ground is sinking sand somebody shout I'm still standing I'm still here. I'm still standing. That's why I praise God. It's a miracle that I'm still standing. I'm standing because I'm built on the blood. I'm standing because no weapon that is formed against me shall be able to prosper. I'm standing because I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I'm standing because he said he would keep me in perfect peace if I keep my mind stayed on him. I'm standing because if I walk through the fire, they will not overtake me. And if I walk through the flood, it will not consume me. I'm standing because the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I'm standing because I know in whom I have believed and he is able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. I'm still standing because he who hath begun a good work in me will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm standing because surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in in the house of the Lord forever. I'm still standing because I'm built on the one who is the rock. Today, we praise God for the miracle of stability. Jesus says, remember what you're built on. The storm's going to come for everybody. Ain't no rule for who gets a storm or who doesn't. 
If you don't get a storm, it doesn't mean that God loves you more. And if you get a storm, it doesn't mean that God loves you less. It's going to happen to everybody. Jesus said, what I'm concerned about is will you always remember that you're built on me? And if you're built on me, you're not at the mercy of what happens to you. If you're built on me, you have stability. It doesn't mean that you don't feel the storm. It means that no matter what happens, you always know how to find center. There you have it, fam. I believe in you. You will weather the storm and you will be still standing on the other side. Listen, I want you to know that you're not alone and that this year has been ridiculous for all of us. But the good news is that you're going to be able to keep going forward because there's something underneath your feet. There's something upholding you that will allow you to still have your resolve, your determination, your vision and your heart intact no matter what happens. Listen, I love y'all so much. All right. Let's talk about some stuff to come before we get out of here. I want you to know that for the first time ever, yes, for the first time ever, I'm releasing new music. This is the first time that I've done a project for myself. I've done a lot of work with uh, some of my friends, a lot of work as the music director for my church, directed the choirs in college, grew up playing music, all that fun stuff. But I took a leap of faith as my last project of the year. I'm releasing my very first single. It is called What Hasn't changed and I can't wait to share it with you and I want you to stay tuned it's going to be available Christmas day we're going to release it and it will be everywhere that you can find music so I want you to check that out Uh, maybe I'll even post a little clip of it uh, on our last episode of the year to reflect on my last project but yo you gotta hear this I had so much fun recording it uh, a crazy time writing it because it's so so personal so as always we're going to go there but it ends in a really cool way so again my first single what hasn't changed i can't believe it i finally did it like every now and then you got to just like yell at yourself and be like bro quit playing like quit playing and sitting on these gifts and get up and do it so that was my final get up and do it for the year it's going to be available and i want you to check it out and then share it with somebody if you think it's lit Look, I'm so glad that you joined uh, us for this podcast, that you joined me for this podcast. Look, if the podcast blessed you, share it with somebody who also needs to know that they too are still standing. I love y'all so much. And as I say all the time with God as your foundation, that's why you're still standing, and purpose as your motivation, y'all, you already know what it is. Keep building, family.